Well, the summer's almost over. Wow, can you believe it? That we've actually gone through the whole summer wearing masks uh, because of the virus. I mean, uh, you know, when I first started wearing the mask in the summer, you know, the mask would completely get soaked with sweat if I'm outside. Um, and it became really hard to try and tape those things back together, to, especially the paper ones. I mean, those, those were pretty difficult uh, to try and pull back together. Well, we're over halfway through reading the Bible together. And if you haven't joined in with us in our 12 minutes a day reading plan, uh, go to our website, uh, jump in, start right now, um, and uh, just begin reading with us. Because we're going through this as a family, um, as a church. Um, and Pastor Jesse last week talked about Jeremiah. Talked about, you know, God's plan for us, but more specifically uh, about how we need God to change us. How we need God to help us uh, do the things that we can't do ourselves. That it's only by the power uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, that we have that ability. We have that ability to, uh, to change. And this week, we're going to just take a look at a short book um, in the Old Testament. It's only three chapters, and it's called Habakkuk. It's written by a prophet named Habakkuk. Now, if you haven't read it, I give you permission right now, open up your Bible um, or open up your phone app uh, to Habakkuk. There's three chapters. Just go ahead and read it, okay? Um, Habakkuk will preach this better than I can, all right? Um, but I want you to, uh, uh, you know, you can listen to me in the background, but go ahead and read it um, even while we go through this because Habakkuk, if, if you took the name out, and you took the, the time it was written out, it really would fit right into 2020. It literally could be called the crisis of 2020. Um, and I was amazed as I was looking through this because everything in the first chapter um, just reminds me of everything that's happening around us. Um, and I don't have to give you a whole lot of background. Again, Habakkuk was one of the prophets, and, and the prophets were telling uh, the Israelites, here's what's coming, here's what's going to happen, um, here's what's, what is about to come. But this is the one thing that I want you to catch. The name Habakkuk means this. Habakkuk means to embrace, to hug. Now, I'm a hugger, right? I love to hug. I love to shake people's hands. I like to, you know, and, and this whole uh, time that we're in right now is, is really causing me uh, to, to I, I can't wait till we're done with this, right? I can't wait till we get back. And I'm probably going to end up going around just hugging everybody just because um, I want to hug people. Uh, but, but here's the other thing. Habakkuk also means... To keep warm when there is no shelter. To keep warm when there is no shelter. It's similar to the word hug, but to keep warm with this idea that there's nothing around you protecting you. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, my wife and I, we were walking, um, and it seemed to be a nice day. We saw some clouds uh, in the distance, and we're walking our dog. We have a little uh, toy cockapoo, right? It's this little thing. Um, you know, when it gets wet, it shrivels down to the size of a rat. When it's dry, it's, you know, a, a decent size, right? And so we're walking along, and all of a sudden, it starts to rain. And so, um, and it starts to rain hard. 
I mean, literally the rain is like, it's coming down at an angle and it's hitting us and we're, we're huddled under a tree. Literally my wife and I, um, and the dog is in between us and we're huddled underneath the tree trying to protect ourselves from the rain. And it's just coming down, coming down like, like just sheets of rain. I mean, the, my back, my wife was in front of me. My back was completely soaked. Finally, uh, my wife, Karen, she goes, you know, I can't take this anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> so she takes off, right? And she's running through the rain. And I'm standing there with the dog um, trying to figure out what I do. And I realize, well, okay, I've got to follow her, right? There's, there's no point in me standing here. I literally, I take five steps and I'm completely soaked, right? My shoes are completely soaked. My, my clothes are soaked, my, I mean, soaked all the way through. I mean, I am literally a wa- walking through a, a river, right? Fully submerged in a river. And I'm, I'm trying to jog and run as fast as I can to keep my wife. She's a lot faster than I am. She's like taking off ahead of me. And I've got the dog. And of course, the dog just went, you know, down to this little rat that's running in front of me with a little chain on it, right? And, and, and we're going along. And I come up and we come around this corner and I'm running up the sidewalk and all of a sudden I just look and there's just water all over. And I'm like, okay, like it couldn't get any worse. (laughs) I was already completely soaked and I just walked right through this like six inches of water on the sidewalk. Um, And it just was crazy. It was crazy how it just all of a sudden came out out of nowhere. And, 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 and that word Habakkuk means um, to keep warm when there is no shelter. And I want you to remember that. Remember that today as we go through this and as we look a little bit closer. Uh, I told you um, this book could be uh, written in 2020. Right, so, so let's jump into this book, chapter 1, verse 1, um, and we're going to kind of go through the first four verses, and, and you'll realize what I'm talking about. It says this in verse 1. It says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? This is Habakkuk crying out to God. He's praying back to God. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? And, and, and I couldn't help but think, how many of us, when this whole pandemic started, thought that this was going to be over by Easter or maybe June, but not into the summer. I did. And I'll be the first one. I mean, I was hoping that, you know, we would still do missions trips and we'd still do all kinds of things in the summer. Um, And it's been dragging on. We have a a group of people um, from PAC uh, that have been praying ever since this COVID crisis started. They've been praying every day for a half hour every morning. They've been praying for you as, as our family. They've been praying for the church, the leadership, the government, the state of New Jersey. But specifically, we've been praying that God would heal the world, that he would take away this virus from the world. And it hasn't happened. Right? It hasn't happened. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Now, I'll be honest. We've had incredible answers to prayer from these individuals that have been praying. 
Um, people's lives that have been changed, people that have been healed, uh, babies that have been born healthy, families being reunited, safety, jobs found. Um, but the virus is still here. And we ask ourselves the question, why? Verse 2 says this, says, Or cry to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? Why do you idly look at the wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed. And justice never goes forth. For the wicked surrounds the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. I mean, this is like right out of 2020. All the things that we've been dealing with, not only the virus, but, but the injustices that are happening around us and, and the things that are going on. You, you could take these first four verses and just, it, it, it looks like we're in his world. And Habakkuk is crying out to God and he's saying, why? He's saying, why? Why is this happening? I know you're a holy and I know you're a just God and, and I know uh, that you love your creation and you love your people. So why is this happening? Why is all this destruction and this evil and it just seems like evil continues to prevail and it continues to seems to continue to flourish? It's, it's just not fair. And of course, in our situation right now, there's doubts and there's questions that come into play. Um, you may, during this time, um, even whether this time or not, you may have been praying for healing, for something, a life-threatening illness or something that's happened to, your, uh, to a member of your family, and you still don't have an answer. Uh, maybe you've been uh, dating somebody and, and you, 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 for a long period of time and then all of a sudden that changes and you're all alone and, and you're asking yourself, why? Why, God? Why would you? It just seemed like everything was going perfect and all of a sudden this happened. Maybe, maybe you were thinking about going back to school right this fall, whether it's college, high school, middle school, or, or uh, grade school, whatever that was. You were looking forward to going back to your friends and, and being with them, and then all of a sudden the school system says, no, here are the rules and here are the regulations. Chase, one of our seniors that just graduated this past year, um, he was going to Penn State. And this past summer, he left at the beginning of the summer because he's a soccer player, right? He, and he went and he practiced all summer long for, to, to be on the Penn State soccer team, right? And he's practicing with all, they, they went through all the protocols, they went all through all the testing and everything. And then just uh, this past week, they said, we're not having a soccer season this fall. I mean, can you, can you picture, I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all been in those, those type of situations where, um, where we're looking forward to something or something seems to be going uh, really well and then all of a sudden it just disappears. And we ask the question, why, Lord? Why has this happened? Why did you take my child away from me? Why, why, why does my, uh, my mom and my dad have this illness? Why do my friends... Uh, <clears throat> things that happen to them. And before I get into too far, let me, let me kind of set the stage because each one of us 
go through a spiritual, if you want to call it a spiritual benchmark in our lives. Right? When we begin, we have this childlike faith, right? It's this incredible opportunity where there's this life-changing moment or there's this period of time where um, you connect with Jesus and a love for him that, uh, that is incredible and you're, you're literally on this spiritual high, whether it's an instant, whether it's a conference, whether it's somebody preaching, um, whether it's uh, a worship time, whatever it might be, you're on this spiritual high because there's something has changed inside of you, right? And you're excited and your love for God, it, it cannot be matched. It's almost like you're in this phase of spiritual euphoria, right? It's this excitement and, and, and everything seems to be going well and nothing can keep you away from God, right? But for, for me, um, it happened when I was seven years old. I, my mom um, asked me, did I want to believe in Jesus? And I said, yeah. And, and we talked about it and, and I go back and I start telling my friends about Jesus and, 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 and talking to them. And it was just this incredible time. Now, again, I was seven years old, so everything's incredible at that point. But for each one of us, that point in time, there's this excitement that happens. There's this, I want to tell the world about what God has done for me. I want to tell the world about what Jesus has done for me. Right? And, and, and we get through that period of time, and then all of a sudden we hit our teenage years. Right? We hit our teenage years, our teenage faith, and, and, and life is going, but the excitement starts to wear off a little bit. And all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, we wake up and we don't feel like singing anymore. Um, it's a little bit harder to pray when we get up in the morning. To look at the Bible, it just seems a little confusing or a little old-fashioned, right? And, and, and some of us are kind of in this stage, and, and, and you know, we're not quite as impressed with what the preacher is preaching anymore. And, and we begin to ask these questions, why? Well, and there's doubts and there's questions that come into play, and, and we look around and we see the things that are happening around us, um, and, and then all of a sudden, something major hits us, whether it's a crisis or, or whether uh, it's a pandemic or, or whether it's things like that, that that happen, and we cry out because the promises that God has given us don't seem to match up with our current reality. Just like Habakkuk. Everything around him was leading to destruction. And in fact, one of the translations even includes pestilence or disease um, in the translation. And, and, and it's real cool because God answers Habakkuk in the next six verses and he explains why everything's happening um, and that everything's going to be okay and that he's going to take care of him and he's going to answer all his requests. He's going to answer all his needs. Actually, that doesn't happen at all. God actually, uh, he doesn't say that. In fact, he doesn't even answer the question that Habakkuk gives him of why is this happening? He responds real simply by saying, guess what? Look around you because things are going to get worse. Now, if you and I are sitting here and we're looking around us and asking ourselves the question, if things are going to get worse, um, you know, that's kind of hard. That's difficult. 
And you can understand why doubts creep in. And, and God is saying to, to, to Habakkuk, he's saying Babylon is going to come in and they are going to conquer you. They are going to uh, 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 kill your family. They are going to take your women and children and make them slaves. They are going to overrun you as Israelites. It's going to get worse. And Habakkuk again goes back and he cries out and, he, and, and he, 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 he asks the question again, why? See, we're all, you know, we all go through this stage where we're struggling, where something happens and we really begin to ask the question, why? Why does this happen? And in reality, we have three choices. The first is this, we can give up. And there are far too many stories of people that have given up on God. People that have kind of hit that bump in the road and had those questions and have said, this isn't for me. I, I can't comprehend if God loves me and loves the world, why are the just getting punished and the injustice that's happening around us. And they walk away. Now, some of us will choose to go back, right? We want to go back to that spiritual euphoria. We want to go back to our childhood years. And so we look for everything. And in reality, we, we kind of go into the phase of denial, right? We, we don't uh, really know what's happening and we don't think about it and we just try and forget what's happening. And the problem with both of these choices is that we're in this cycle and it keeps going back and forth and over and over and over again and we never get out of the struggle that we're in. And we keep asking the question. And, and you can kind of see Habakkuk in, the, in this phase where he asks the question, God answers him, and he asks the question again, and God answers him, and he says, this is what we're going to do. We can, uh, but, but we have a choice. When we're in that phase, we can either give up, we can go back to our original excitement and deny what's happening, or we can go through. We can press through. The struggle. We can press through the crisis um, that's in front of us. And, and here's the thing. As we go through this crisis, we transition from our teenage faith into our young adult, adult faith. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it doesn't mean that everything's all, all good, but, but it means that we're ready. We're ready to tackle what is going to come for us? What is happening around us? And that's why we read James chapter one, right? James chapter one, first, verse two says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And, and, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, that, that testing that we go through, if we choose to go through it, propels us into spiritual adulthood. 
where we realize who we are in Christ, we realize the strength that we have in Christ, we're able to get through it. We may not like it. We may not enjoy the, the time that we're going through, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and we have questions, but we're going to trust that God has a plan for each one of our lives. We're going to trust that, that he has a purpose for that. And you might be asking the question, well, Pastor, how do I go through that? Like, how do, how, do I, how do I go through that struggle? How do I go through that, str- that, that crisis? Or if I'm in that crisis right now and, and, and I'm asking these questions, how do I make it through? Here's the thing. Habakkuk gives us four things, right? He gives us four things that, that I believe that will help you in any crisis that you're in, whatever you're going through, even the, the crisis that we're in right now today. And he says this, and it's found in, uh, it's in chapter two and, and chapter three. Again, if you haven't read it, go ahead and read it, okay? Uh, but chapter two says this, chapter two, verse one says, uh, and this is Habakkuk responding to God. He says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And the first thing that I believe for us to press through is that we have to watch him. We have to stand on that tower and watch for God and look for him and keep our eyes on him. It's, 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 it's this perspective, right? Habakkuk is saying, I stand on this watchtower so I can get a better view of what's happening around. I can look at the whole picture and, 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 and God's, uh, we have to understand that God's perspective uh, is, has a, he has a different perspective on our pain. And he may be looking and he sees the long game, right? He sees uh, what we're going through now and he sees where we're going to be. And he sees that if we're able to go through this crisis, that it's going to make us stronger, and it's going to help us persevere. And it's going to allow us to help other people go through the same crisis, right? And, and, and he helps us. And, and it, but it requires us to stop. Stop the need to control. Stop our pride. To stop our ego. And stand there and watch. Watch God. You know, so many times when we're in the middle of a difficult time, our first, my first, my first reaction is to try and fix it. I want to fix it. I'm a fixer. If I see something's wrong, I'm jumped. I'll do it. I'll, I'll take care of it. Right? That's our first reaction when we see that. And, 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 and we try and do it ourselves. I can get through this. I can make it. I, can, I don't need anybody's help. I'm going to be completely fine on my own. Uh, exactly what Pastor Jesse talked about last week, right? It's, it's this idea that, that, that I don't need anybody to help me. And, but yet we, we have to stand and we have to watch. And we have to, uh, when we're so focused on what we can do, we stop looking for God to work in our lives and to speak to us. Verse 2, he says this, and the Lord answers Habakkuk, and he says this. He says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits for its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow... 
Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The second thing we have to do is we have to wait. Right? We have to wait for him. And trust me, I hate waiting. I hate waiting. Um, it's, 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 it's something that we've lost in our culture. We want everything now. We want everything immediate. And Habakkuk is, is asking the same question. He's saying, how much longer do we have to go through this? How much? Uh, nothing seems to be getting better. In fact, it actually seems to be getting worse. John uh, from, from our church um, he was standing in line at the DMV. He had to get some uh, things fixed, uh, you know, and, and so he went early in the morning, one morning at 3.45 a.m., right? He's standing in line, and he actually got number 30, the ticket number 30, um, even at 3.45 in the morning uh, to, to get his, the, the, the documents that he needed. At 3.45, right? And he's standing there, and he gets number 30. At 8 o'clock, 70 other people from the day before stepped in front of the 30, <laughs> right? We hate to wait, right? We just, we just turn around and walk away, say, forget it. There's, like, I don't even want to wait anymore. Like, I've already waited three hours, and now it looks like I'm going to have to wait another four hours, uh, right? We hate to wait. Um, it, it's difficult, my, wife, my, my daughter is, is getting married um, in a couple weeks, and, and uh, her and her, her future husband, they're going to have to wait for their honeymoon. They, they had plans, they had tickets to, to, to go to uh, a country and have a, have a honeymoon, and now they have to wait. My son is going back to college, and he just found out this past week that he has to wait to get into the dorm because the dorms aren't ready. It's difficult to wait, and I'm not trying to say that it's easy by any means because we don't want to wait even when we're in a crisis. But here's the thing, that God's delay is not always his denial. Because God is asking us to wait, he, again, he sees the bigger picture. He knows what's happening, and he knows what we're going through, and he wants us to wait on him. The third thing is that we're to walk with him. Walk along the path with him. And in chapter 3, verse 2, it says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, I do, do I fear in the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In the wrath, remember mercy. We need to walk through this with God. But there's times that we need to walk it through with someone else. And if you're in a crisis right now, there, there's a ministry here at Princeton Alliance called Stephen's Ministry, and there are people that have been trained to help walk through crises with people that are struggling. And if you want something like that, let us know. Write to pastors at Alliance, uh, uh, princetonalliance.org, and let us know, and we'll get you connected to one of, uh, one of those individuals that have been trained, have gone through this. They're not counselors by any means. They're there to listen. They're there to help you wait. They're there to help you watch. They're there to help you walk through this crisis with them. Some of them have already gone through the similar crisis. What a great opportunity. So not only are we to watch from the watchtower, but we're also to wait and then we're supposed to walk with him. And then lastly is this, 
is that we're supposed to worship him. Worship him. Now, uh, remember uh, God's promises, right? Habakkuk is in the middle of the storm and he's writing, he writes this in chapter three. He writes a song uh, to God in chapter three and he starts by saying how he remembers who God is and what he's done, how he has rescued him, how he has shaken the nations, how he has brought salvations, how he is in control of the mountains, how he's in control uh, of the water and the moon and, 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 and the promises that God gives you and I. God has plans for us to prosper, not to harm you, to bring you a hope and a future. All these promises. Habakkuk is, is remembering the things and he is in the... As he's remembering, he's worshiping God. And he's putting God in place to say, uh, I, I'm going to stand here and I don't understand the perspective, but I'm going to stand on the watchtower and I'm going to watch for you. And I'm going to wait for you. And as I wait, I'm going to walk with you. But as I'm in this crisis... I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship my God, my King, my Savior. We have to ask ourselves the question, could I trust God if I lost everything in my life? Could I trust God if I lost my health? if I lost my job, if I lost my family. At the end of Habakkuk chapter 3, he says this. He says, Though a fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive tree fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no Heard in the stalls. In other words, the, the trees are not blossoming. The fruit on the vines, the grapes on the vines are not producing. The produce of the olive trees is failing. The fields aren't producing any food. The, the flock has been cut off. There's no herds. There's no meat. There's no cows. There's no sheep in the stalls. If everything was taken away, now, now and put this into perspective, right? Put this into perspective as, as you look at this because um, all of the work that has been done to lay the seed, to plant the plants, to raise the animals, to, to all of this work that has been done and yet it produces nothing. If everything is stripped away, we've worked on those crops, we've worked at our job all year long and yet nothing. We prepared for our sports and our activities all year, but yet there's no, nothing. We've, we've, we've tried to, to work on relationships. We've tried to find a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and, and we continue to ask, and we continue to ask God why, and, and, and nothing. We've pressed into our marriage. We've pressed into our family, and yet it doesn't seem like things are changing. He says this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take my joy in the God, I will take joy 
in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes me, he makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. It's easy to worship God when everything is going well. But when things are difficult and we're struggling, it's hard to say, I will rejoice in the Lord. But you have to remember what Habakkuk did. He looked back and he remembered all the things, all the times that he knew the promises, all the promises that had been given to him over the course of time and, and, and all the instances. And he looked back and he said, even if everything fails, I will worship him. You see, scarcity leads us to recognize that our need, uh, recognize our need for a God who seeks to speak with us. Now, I mentioned to you at the beginning, the definition of Habakkuk is to keep warm when there is no shelter, this idea of hugging. What if there is no shelter? Would you still rejoice? No matter what has happened around us or to us, remember this. God is good and he is faithful and he is worthy of our praise. He's the source of our joy. And as we mature, there are going to be times, there are going to be those valleys that we're going to have to press through and we're going to have to work through them. But Here's what's exciting is as we go through them, it propels us to a new level with God in our spirituality. It propels us to understand what it means to live life to the fullest. It gives us a whole new perspective on who God is. And so I want to encourage you today. And again, if you haven't read Habakkuk chapter, uh, read Habakkuk, start, just read it right now. All right, you'll be done in a couple minutes. But if you're in one of those spots, watch for him. Wait for him. Walk with him. And worship him. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. and God, my heart's heavy for those that never go through the crisis that they're facing. That they just give up. And God, if there's anybody right now, whether it's online, whether it's uh, uh, on YouTube or, or uh, on Facebook, God, that, that is really struggling with this, God, I just ask that, that allow your Holy Spirit to just impress upon them the tools that they need to go through this. Give them the tools. Allow them to understand the perspective, to understand your perspective in this. Allow them the opportunities to wait and encourage them and, and walk with them through that time uh, as they go through this. But then, Father, help us, help us all during this time to worship you, 
to keep our eyes focused on you. And whether it gets worse, whether it gets better, that doesn't matter because I want to worship my King, my Lord, my Savior. Heavenly Father, we worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen.